Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Wake Up Our Faith. Today, we talk about the process of spiritual birth and why it is often a near-death experience. So if you're going through a difficult time, be encouraged. It may just be your spiritual birth. Hello, and welcome to Wake Up Our Faith. This is the show where passion, purpose, and dreaming big challenge common sense. We like to think of it as a conversation to shed light on the upside of upside-down living. Matt Ham, Kevin Adams, co-founders of Uprint. We are here in the Big Talker studios, streaming live on Facebook, uh, YouTube, Twitter. You can also check us out. Uh, our, our show is now hosted on Rumble, as well as BitChute, some new uh, emerging platforms there. Thank you guys for jumping on today, Kevo. Happy Wednesday, buddy. Happy Wednesday. <clears throat> How are you? Fabulous, man. I needed a little coffee on the way in, so stopped off at the old local PCJ and got me some juice. So right. ready to rock and roll, man. We've got a uh, title today, Your Spiritual Birth, Often a Near-Death Experience. So I know this is going to be a uh, fun topic to dive into. Um, yeah. So yeah, man, let's go ahead and get rocking and rolling. Okay. Okay. Well, I think the uh, the idea is... Uh, comes from uh, a conversation I had this week uh, uh, where, where, you know, we have to uh, begin to look at the theatrics around us mm. and see them that way. We have to understand who we are, and um, but it, it often requires, this is, we're, we're going through a birth right now. You know, I've said that over and over again, but it's a, it's a spiritual birth. And I wouldn't claim to know the other kind of birth because, uh, that's for uh leave it up to the ladies. Yeah. Yeah. But uh I can go by scripture and it says uh you know it's uh forgotten once the baby arrives. Very painful. Um so, you know, that's not me claiming anything uh except for I'm just quoting the scripture in my own paraphrase, but so that's uh you know, we have to begin to to look at uh our rebirth, our spiritual birth, our identity, our growth, whatever you want to call it. Um in that light, it really, you know, I, I don't want to uh, 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 diminish anyone's uh, near-death, you know, physical near-death experience. And, and I've had several of those myself, but I'm talking about uh, what we see around us, our nation, everything, the world. It is a near-death experience, um, but the word is near-death. So we want to talk through that. Um, we want to use that as context um, to encourage people because uh, it's real easy. I've heard a lot of this lately uh, from people that I care about and uh, uh, who are, you know, uh, excited about uh, growing uh, in, in discipleship and all that, but, uh, but often uh, very uh, dark you know, they they kind of see the future as dark, mm -hmm. and looking at the next few steps uh, as uh, something that is, uh, you know, it's kind of all downhill, and uh, where do we go from here, and and all that. My argument is today, and I think our show topic is, uh, you're you're going through a rebirth, uh, not a death. It is a near death experience that leads to mm. birth. And uh, that's what we're, we're talking about. And that's, uh, we want to redefine some things and help people understand uh, 
you know, what's, why are you here? What's the future look like? And uh, what does your future look like? Well, it's interesting too, that it often takes a near death experience to actually wake somebody up. I mean, that's the, that's the context of this, I guess, is that most people, most people don't wake up. They don't uh, come alive. They don't have that moment of clarity, that epiphany moment in their lives until they have a near death experience or when they experience death. And so, you know, taking that concept and relating it to our spiritual lives, that's why there is this massive spiritual oppression, this heaviness, this weight in the atmosphere, because it is necessary and required to be reborn into the season that is coming. Yeah, yeah. So you you have to look at everything like that. Um, I mean, you know, here's the bottom line. Uh, Let's uh, let's just kind of walk through some of this. Um, What's... our job is to be joyful. Mm-hmm. That's that's really it. Uh, uh, there, there's all kind of things that we need to do and to be. Um, so we can make a laundry list. Um, but ultimately, um, God wants us to be joyful. I think our screen is Yeah, we have a screen. It's okay. But, Joe, uh, fix it. <laughs> yeah. But uh, our job is to be joyful. And so anything that gets in the way of that mm. um, becomes an obstacle. Um, God doesn't say, uh, be joyful when things are great. He says, count it all, all joy. joy. He also says that uh, our strength is his joy. So we're, we're, we've got to get to that place, and that is that ultimate fuel. Uh, not love, but joy. joy. Uh, you can love from a place of joy, and just like you can work from rest instead of for it. So, uh, you know, it, it, it self-perpetuates. But, but when we look at uh, the, uh, the simplest uh, measure of what our job is, mm. uh, it, it is to be joyful. And I just want, you know, I want people to think about that, just the essence of that. Mm. It's like revving your engine up and putting it in gear. You know, it's very powerful. It's, it is the most powerful. Mm. Uh, it's uh, your heart moving and vibrating and there's a lot going on there well isn't that why there would be such a massive attack i mean that's essentially what you're saying and 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 again i'm re yeah <laughs> re-going through this yeah. in my brain with the, you know trying to the the situation being is that what we're experiencing around us is so uh difficult seemingly because yes. it is an attack on our joy right. because we're in a moment of being reborn spiritually. Yes. And it's necessary. It is necessary. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Now, I'm glad you did that because it's, uh, uh, and, and I probably need some more coffee, but, uh, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm going a little bit slow around the mountain today, but it's it's really important. Uh, forget the, the awful delivery, but but uh, just think about what, what's being said here. Um, no matter what. Our job is to be joyful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so what does that look like for you? Um, what it doesn't look like to me is uh, sitting in front of somebody or talking to somebody, bringing encouragement, um, and then having them continue to think everything's going to be bad. This is going to get worse, and life is going to be terrible um, we're going to become slaves. I mean, you know all the, all the language. And I want to help people understand because they're having to watch and wait. Um, you know, people 
it, what, what's happened is we've fallen asleep. Our faith has fallen asleep mm-hmm. in the comfort of our own understanding, and, and God's waking it up. So it requires uh, what we might call a red pill moment, mm-hmm. and uh, we're, we're seeing that. But if you can learn to listen and get in the Word and, and navigate, you go back through the last few shows, we've talked about this uh, extensively, and you will begin to see um, the theatrics of the moment mm. of the enemy, and it won't last. And I, when I say it won't last, I don't know the day or date or whatever. I just know that there's uh, we're watching theater, mm. and it's it's uh, it's bizarre and weird, and you know we could spend two shows talking about things like you know uh, Air Force One hasn't been off the ground. Mm. That the call sign hasn't been used. I mean, there's all kind of things. Mm. We're watching a, a theater, mm. um, and it's uh, it's meant to wake people up, and it's working. But there's another side to it. Yeah, you know, it's interesting in this whole concept. I think I was talking with a good friend of ours yesterday. Um, going to lunch with her, and she was just saying how difficult January was. You know, de- January was just so difficult because of the heaviness, right? We, we've talked about it on the show too, and and yet. It's, it's interesting because when you focus on your external environment and the circumstances, and when you focus on the theater, mm-hmm. you get lost in the theater. Yeah. And so you begin to emotionalize with the theater, which is why, right. you know, theater, movie, whatever, mm-hmm. it, narrative, it moves you emotionally because you get lost in it. But yet we don't exist in that world. And so that there's a dynamic when... People, especially believers, have become, they had become lost in their external environment and conditioned to experience the world in a certain way. And without the last 12 months, you know, we would have remained largely asleep, largely, you know, in that pattern and and habit. And so when you think about that, just be encouraged that the Lord has used this entire season to show us our own error and misfocus and indoctrination and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, uh, so the point is our job is to get back to joy as soon as possible. That's what God wants. Our job is not to fall down. Uh, you know, our job is to stand up. And, and let's, uh, when you think about it, the enemy, the theatrics, we're going to use that. I'm going to continue to say that and use that because that is what we are seeing. We are not seeing something we're used to seeing. Mm. It is, uh, it's off. It's different. And no matter what keyhole you look through, you're going to, you're going to come to a dead end, whether you, you, uh, you think that a lot of bad things are happening. Uh, they, they appear to be. And, uh, and, but that isn't it always that way. So the demand of our faith has to outweigh the demand of our circumstances. God says walk by faith, not by sight. Right. But he also wants us to be led by the Spirit. That can't happen unless you learn how to walk uh, by faith. So you think about faith as the outside of the car. It's, uh, you know, if you will, it, in a protective sense. Um, it's the body of the car, um, but it's protecting you. Faith is a shield. Think about it a little differently. Mm. Same kind of idea. But the engine is the Spirit of God. 
So if you want to listen to that, if you want to pick up on that, if you want to see, if you want to press through those oppressions, those spiritual uh, ceilings, if you will, then you have to learn how to trust God's Word with your eyes, take it into your heart, and experience that, and choose that over what you see going on around you. Mm. And you can, what I'm saying is, you can see it spiritually more and more. It's not just fake it till you make it. It's not just positive thinking. It's not a head exercise. It's something you can know. And I'm saying that. I know. I don't understand it all, but I know this. And I know it's, it's, uh, it's not long. So it's not, you know, wait till whenever. And it, it's, it's moving. It's changing. God is, is giving us an opportunity to wake up. Mm. And uh, it's a very powerful one because most people are asleep mm. faithfully. So, so all that said is, is we, our job isn't even the, the veteran Christians is not to be downcast and worried, and uh, it's to be joyful. Mm. So you, you've got to turn away from what you see from the theater, and you got to go back out. You, you need some popcorn, and you need to, to look at it and watch it and enjoy it. Enjoy the experience of it. You watch movies all the time that are difficult, uh, or we have. You know, and I mean, good movies even, um, mm. but you know, there's a victory. If you, you know, watch, uh, we, we've watched so many good shows lately. Uh, Sons of Liberty. Uh, there's a great show called turn. It's about the Patriots and spies in, in the revolutionary period. Uh, we watched a great uh, documentary on George Washington. Uh, and these are all phenomenal uh, shows and things to just encourage you that there's another side to this. It is a moment. Mm. So, but rather than getting into all of the, the details and why, it's not about that. It's more about trust what God's saying to your heart. Learn that. God put us here now. If you have a breath in your lungs, you're here. That means you have purpose. His intention is your permission. It's not an accident. It's not just to get through it. There's a mission. So, you know, you have to make that transfer, but right now is that opportunity. Um, so you, you joy is, is the goal. So when someone, um, you know, and this is a big question, I know it's a big answer, but when someone says, well, how do I begin to reclaim my joy? You know, yeah. what does that look like? Well, I think, uh, one way to look at it is, uh, you know, what is faith? We, we it, faith is God's view of us and it, it, we we live it out. So uh, and I, I just made some notes here. Usually I just speak right from my heart, but I, I put some nuggets down. There's so much to this, so I, so I want to I want to go through it uh, slowly. Uh, but uh, our job is to get back to joy. You know, God doesn't defer hope. He doesn't defer joy. We have to step into that. We get to choose that. And if we don't choose it, then we're turning away from it. So, <clears throat> but we have to see ourselves the way God does. Uh, faith is God's view of us. Uh, it's uh, seen and experienced by us. We have to learn to experience our lives the way God sees us. That's what faith ultimately leads to. It's intimacy. It's relationship. It's not just go have faith and be tough. So we have to see ourselves as a child, the way he sees us, as his bride and as his friend. And that's a huge part of this. But you do that with great expectation. So instead of being bound to earth and begging and worrying and living and being bound by these toxic, oppressive layers that people live in, 
we work from heaven. We become a mission, a tool in God's hand, and we have work to do. That is, you know, if, if you're Tom Brady and you play on the Sandlot or you play in the Super Bowl, it doesn't matter. You've got work to do. So that needs to be our focus, not the circumstances. But I'm also saying the circumstances will, they will change. Yeah. And, and uh, we'll talk through that. But So I, I want to um, go personal with you because you've shared this on the air. You shared it in your book. And this is something that I feel from an audience perspective. Sure. You said faith is how God sees us. Yeah. Right? Our, our view of it needs to be his view. Yes. So yes. we need to have God's perspective, how he sees us, how he sees the world. Yes. So I, I have been very, this week, aware of the fact that there are many people who struggle to have God's perspective because there are voices that have been constant in their life that are the antithesis of the voice of God. Yeah. So, you know, and for yourself, you wrote about this in your book. One of the, the main struggles of, of your um, childhood into adulthood was this idea of rejection mm-hmm. from your parents and uh, from your dad specifically. Right. And so you at some point had to be delivered and freed from that oppression of rejection mm-hmm. and you had to step into having God's perspective. And so I feel like with some folks, some friends of mine is they want to step into God's perspective, but mm-hmm. there's these voices and this negative oppressive uh, thing that is keeping them from doing that. And so it clouds their mind, their heart, and they just feel hopeless. Right. And mm-hmm. so how do you address those old voices, old pains, old strongholds? Well, you have to uh, uh, have a near-death experience spiritually. Mm. Um, I think it's that simple uh, for me, and I would love to say this and clarify this. My parents never rejected me. My dad is an incredible human being, and I love him to death and respect him. Um, I felt rejected. Uh, my dad's very quiet and I'm the firstborn and uh, they were very young. So, uh, I just want them to know that, uh, they never rejected me. But, but I, I think when you're a child, things are magnified and you feel them and you, and you can take that and run with it. And, uh, you know, sometimes people don't have the, uh, the wherewithal or the wisdom to, especially when we're young parents. Anyway, uh, great respect to my parents, but, uh, the, 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 the thing I want to focus in on is uh, uh, the idea of, let's plug this into a context of condemnation versus conviction. Um, you know, when you see what's going on around you, the tendency is to feel down. And I mentioned this a minute ago, to go, oh, no, we're, we're going to become prisoners. We're going to... You know, you see all these memes and, you know, people sticking needles in you and, you know, uh, these monsters out there that want to not only put stuff on your face, but they want to now put things in you, in your body and drive you down and down and down. And, uh, you know, yeah, that exists. Uh, I believe that is out there, but it it won't prevail. And I, I know this, but scripture teaches us this. So we have to know that immediately. We have to learn what's in the Word. We have to feed on it. We don't have to memorize it. We have to eat it. We have to take it into our heart. So that's the first thing. 
you know, it, in, uh, yes, God delivered me, but God gave me a choice. He groomed me and tutored me. So you don't just, it's not just sitting around waiting on God to deliver you and, mm. and just begging him. That's a really good point. And I want to really say that over and over again. Yeah. What we do need is we need discipleship, and it is non-existent. It has been non-existent uh, in these church models that, uh, you know, we've had for, you know, whatever, however many hundreds of years. Well, the modern version of discipleship has been people going to seminary. I mean, honestly, and that's this intellectual approach to God. It has nothing to do with experience. It's all logic. It's all, you know, it's routine, man. And so amen to that. Well, yeah. Well, that's the academic version. The the down and dirty is community church and big screens and fog lights and spiky hair and skinny jeans and buying sermons online or just being clever. And that crap is over. Mm -hmm. And uh, legalism, over. We're done. And and. People can white knuckle this stuff and try to hold on, and that's fine. Go do it. And uh, but what we're seeing, and what I've been seeing for the last fifteen years of my life, is God showing us that we're at that time, spirit and truth, worship and spirit and truth. It's us. We turn the church inside out, like we see in Acts. We bring what we have. What's our greatest thing? It's who we are. We have to understand that. That's why this thing exists that we're doing to help free people with no obstacles. Uh, if people don't want it, then, you know, I say it all the time, but we're not trying to sell anything. We're just trying to help. And and it's there's fruit, all right? So, but remember, we talked about this before. You have the faith of your parents. You learn from them. Uh, if they have that, I have the faith, had the faith of my parents. Then I learned to have faith in God and who he is. And then you grow to that point, to the faith of God. It's totally different. You're working from there, knowing he made you, put you here, this is not debatable. You can try to intellectualize it or use scripture, or whatever, but you cannot debate this if you're a believer. So you are from him, brought here. Jesus lives in you. Where is he? He's at the right hand of the Father. You're in him spiritually. You're there. He's in you here. You're a vessel. He works through you. And, you know, the fruit uh, comes from the root. He's the root. With a branch, we bear fruit. We can talk all day about that. <clears throat> there, there's, there's no shortage of people, and there's going to be more and more and more who are blown away because they put their faith in everything but God. Hmm. And uh, it doesn't matter what you said. It matters what you lived. Hmm. And there is a tremendous amount of people that don't understand what faith even is. Yeah. And I mean people who are great at speaking or, or writing or singing or painting or tradesmanship or whatever, and they do good things. But I'm talking about people who understand how to carry this in to the darkness and illuminate it. Mm. And that is, that's where we've got to get to. The other day I was reading in, in Matthew 5, and you know, it talks about you're the salt of the earth, mm-hmm. you know, and salt losing its saltiness. And just that concept was something that I just was doing some research on because I was like, how does salt not become salt? Like it can't yeah. lose its it can't lose its molecular right. like it's a molecular compound, right? Uh-huh. And and so it loses its saltiness. And what he was referencing is that the you know, the seas over there, they have the salt, you know, seas. When the salt would be infused with other things, there would be other minerals that would combine with the salt mm-hmm. that would remove the saltiness and it made the salt worthless. 
And so it wasn't the absence or salt losing its saltiness. It was stuff added in mm. that corrupted the salt. Sure. And it was just a picture of how people yeah. have lived their lives. They've let other things come in to their salt. And so they don't have their saltiness anymore because there's so many other compounds and components and agendas and well, ideas. I would say that they don't know God. They know it, the idea of God. Mm. And uh, it's a turd in the birthday cake. I mean, you decide where you're going to cut it and eat it. Uh, it sounds pretty gross, but, uh, you know, to me, you throw the cake out. Mm-hmm. You, don't, you don't eat it. You mm-hmm. just throw it out. You start fresh. That's what this is. Mm. It's flipping your perspective. It's, it's time. You don't get to do it the old way anymore. Mm. And, uh, you know, I'm firm about that. But uh, when I meet with people personally, I'm very tender and gentle and patient but there's still the firmness. Uh, you know, we're talking to X amount of people now, so it's just, let's just get to it. Yeah. But it's not about uh, how you uh, looking at your circumstances. It's about understanding why God made you. That's it. That's the ultimate thing. And in the way to that, we, we call it purpose. It's his purpose. He made us to fill it. We have to understand our value, and that restores hope. It restores joy. It gives us direction. No matter what the circumstances, Tom Brady playing on a sandlot is still going to kill it. Mm. Whether he's playing there or playing in the Super Bowl, it doesn't matter. What matters is, is he going to be him or is he going to fall down? Uh, you, you know, look at it. Look at it. If you're a fullback, uh, you know, if you got a ball and you're, and you're booking forward, you've got good blockers. But, you know, there's that safety or linebacker who's going to cream you. And, and you get hit. What do you do? Do you see these guys falling down and weeping? Oh, no, I got hit. Mm. Oh, they press through because they see the end zone. They see the game winning the game. They see winning the season. They have this vision. All I'm saying is you're in a moment. And the moment, if, if you're awake and you're moving and grooving and, 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 and you're in, uh, mature, great. Go help somebody. Quit whining yeah. And go help somebody. If you're not awake and you're hurting, then give us a call. Mm. But whatever the case, there's always something to do. And, and it's like I say in my book with, with a bunch of examples. If somebody, uh, if your hands are empty, then give them your hands. There's always something you can do instead of whining about your circumstances. Now, I say this through, from experience. I'm not preaching. I'm just talking about my own life. That's what that's what satisfies your soul. That's what fruit bearing, and you can do it in small doses. You just plant seeds. Mm. Go sit down with somebody. Encourage them. Encouragement is underrated. It is extremely important. So we have to be able to to do that. But what God does through the discipleship process is He He unlocks purpose, mm. and that's why you know the enemy has kept discipleship away. Why? It takes time. I sit with people for hours and, uh, you know, people go, how do you do that? God made me to do it. That's how. Mm. I I don't claim credit, but I got a mission and that's to help people. Mm. And uh, I don't care uh, what the obstacles are. All I ask and care is, are you ready? Are you teachable? Let's go. Mm. And we're equals, but but my job is to help you. So it's that simple. Now, it's as deep as you want to go. Mm. But uh, but that's the answer. So if somebody's hurting, you know, I'm gonna say, hey, 
if somebody's worried or, you know, rejection and all that or whatever it is, just give us a call. You know, there's too much to put on a show. Um, but, uh, but there is an answer. Yeah. And it is good. And your future is good, just like Scripture tells you. So to be downcast, um, first thing is you got to wake up and see what's happening. Hey, everybody, we really hope you're enjoying this week's show. A lot of the topics we are talking about today are best discovered and unpacked in our one-to-one mentoring and discipleship. These issues of spiritual birth and overcoming strongholds are all very personal, so it's best that you walk them out in a very personal way. If you've never experienced our one-to-one mentoring or discipleship, consider going on our website, uprint.life, and scheduling a discovery call to see if it's right for you. In addition, we can connect you with individuals who have experienced our one-to-one mentoring and let you ask them the difficult questions if it's something you're still unsure of. Either way, we would love to walk with you. Now, back to the show. Hello, welcome back to Wake Up Our Faith. Matt Ham, Kevin Adams in the Big Talker studio. Many thanks to Joe Catanacci and the Big Talker producing the show each and every week. We are live uh, every Wednesday on Facebook, YouTube, uh, as well as Twitter, we rebroadcast every Saturday and Sunday, 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. on Wilmington's Big Talker, 106.7 FM. Many thanks to all of our listeners, uh, those who reach out, let us know that you listen. Uh, we appreciate that. You can always connect with us by calling in 910-805-8330 or reaching out to us via email, info, I-N-F-O, at uprint.life. Uh, today, we're talking about uh, spiritual birth um, and, and this concept of it being a near-death experience. A uh, lot of powerful points in the first segment. Kevin, let's go ahead and continue where we left off. Well, you know, the goal here is encouragement, but it's fiery encouragement. Uh, we should never, if you, when you walk away from somebody, if they feel bad because, and it's consistent, um, um, then, then something's off. I'm not talking about kicking somebody's butt when they need it or having your own butt kicked. We need that sometimes. But a consistency in being able to uh, – sorry, my mic is in and out here. Uh, I guess I need to be right upon it. But uh, th- that is uh, – uh, when you're around people who have the Spirit of God in them and are free, mature veterans – uh, you're going to feel better when you walk away. You're going to feel lifted up. You're going to feel valued. And the things that oppress you or the things that people have said about you um, are going to be further out. They're going to be diminished. Now, that's what I get and hear from people. That's what that means, whether you're doing it from a stage, whether you're doing it through any type of communication. That's what people need. What they don't need is doom and gloom over and over again, nor do they need... Uh, you know, puffery. What we need is meat, and we need it. Uh, we need it to be serious. But people need to understand. What do you believe? They understand the question, because faith has fallen asleep in the comfort of our own understanding. So the near-death experience is what wakes it up. It's like a bad dream, or I call it a haunted house. Sometimes, when you're six and you go through a haunted house, it's a little scary. When you're in your thirties or forties or whatever, fifties. You just kind of look at it and go, yeah, okay, plastic, whatever. I'm not scared. You see the other side. You have to look at it that way. You have to see it differently. But you have to understand when you're on the ground what's going on. So think about this. You know, the enemy wants to defer our hope. He wants us to compare ourselves to other people. He wants us to live in strongholds and not break through and be fearful. You know, death, poverty, 
hear the opinions of others, things we always talk about. So, you know, when we listen to, to those things and people that bring that into our lives, uh, dream killers, what we do is we go into a place where we are in a, a mental condemnation, and that is not what God says. We're not condemned. We're empowered. Don't think about the environment. Think about why you're here. You have something to bring to it. That's what people need, and they need to be encouraged. And those, uh, the, the gold and the platinum needs to be drawn out, and that's what we do. And it's it's powerful and it's life changing, it's priceless, you know. Yeah, you know, help us out. We we all have infrastructure and, and things bills to pay, but either way, we're going to help you because you're God. He made you. That's really the most important thing. But anyway, to to wake up, we have to have it's God's perspective lived out. In other words, the sun is in us, remember, and and we're in the sun. So if we're in the sun, Jesus. Where is he? He's at the right hand of God? In heaven. We're there. How can we be in him? It's not about getting more dirt into heaven or earth. It's about getting more of God's spirit into this place and changing it together. Doing it corporately and individually, that's the church. It's not a building. So that experience where you're seeing your worlds crumble around you, things you've relied on, uh, is good. We've got to get excited about it. Yes, it's hard to watch. It's hard to wait. It's hard to not know. you got all kind of people predicting all kind of things. But the underlying current is, go back to God's Word. He promises you a good future. And that's not sitting around and waiting for Him to deliver you. Mm. It's getting on with why you're here. I can't stress that enough. That is enormous. He made you for this moment. And you waste your days him-hawing about it. All you have to do is take one small step, and our organization is from soup to nuts to get you free and then moving and then get behind it in whatever way we can. And as we grow, we're going to do it more and more. But you can, you know, go build stuff and stack stuff up all day long and spend money and all kind of create stuff, but if it doesn't honor God, it is worthless. And I'm saying that having been wealthy and and had everything and then had to sit still in poverty by choice for years and understand the true wealth. And that is God. That's who he is. And he made us. So what is our wealth? It's who we are. And we're coming into a, a time, a season where that is the only thing we've got. It's not bad. It's fantastic. It means now people can, instead of being left in these toxic strongholded up careers and things they hate and worried about dying and fake diseases and all this crap we see around us, God's breaking us through it. But we have to fight. We have to step into the battle knowing God wins it. That's why discipleship is important. We have to get people joyful. What does that do? It raises our expectations of God. We're like children. We have great expectations of Him. And it lowers our expectations of people and what we see around us. It flips the model. You can live from heaven into the earth with purpose instead of begging him all day long to help you when he's already done it. To me, this is the greatest context ever for people to lead. So we're leading. So, you know, it sounds harsh. It's not. It's real love. It's not Twinkies. It's for real. You don't need somebody in a pulpit 
what you need is is to under you need you need family relationships who will get behind you and who you are and help you get to that place and it sets you free and go that's your value and so many people don't see this but i'm excited because it, it i know why i'm here i know why we're here i know why our organization came about now instead of 10 years ago mm. the timing so, so uh, in that whole concept that the, the phrase that stands out for me is this idea of waiting on deliverance. And, you know, you've got, um, I think there's a nobility that has been created in this idea of waiting. And people go, well, you know, Moses waited for 40 years in Midian and, you know, the Israelites had to wait and David had to wait. And so they, they, they take on this nobility of waiting Mm -hmm. when they're really just justifying inaction. You know, they're justifying not actually co-laboring with God, not actually stepping in. And they just go, well, I'm just waiting on the Lord as if they're, you know, the spirit's going to come and fall on them as it fell in the upper room. And not to say that that's beyond the father, but he also calls us to co-labor. And specifically as it relates to the institutional church, the Sunday thing, you have a mass of people right now who I think are coming to grips with the reality that that model is no longer sufficient, that something has to change. There are many people coming to the clarity that, okay, I see the flaws here. This is a business. It's always been a business. There's agendas. There's money. There's uh, personality differences. There's all kinds of stuff veiled by this religious context. And so you have two groups of people here. One group is going, well, I don't know what it looks like down the road, so I'm just going to go back to that because it is what it is right now. Back to Egypt. Yes. And we will not give them the opportunity to do that, um, for one. But go on. The second group of people, they're just angry at the church. There's just a lot of frustration and anger and condemnation. They're angry at misguided people who thought it was the church. Church is people. Always has been. And, uh, but, but yeah, I hear you. So people are stuck in that camp is what I'm saying. And, and, we, and I walk with a lot of folks, you walk with a lot of folks, that they're either wanting to go back to Egypt the way it was, or they're just kind of like frustrated at the way it is, and it's easier to throw rocks at it. And, and so there's people that are in that yeah. stagnation. And so I just want to speak to those yeah. folks. Well, the people that are engaged with us uh, intimately and, and have a support role and, uh, you know, it's a mutual benefit. They're great. They're the best people on earth. And I could name a bunch of them as you could, but we're talking about the, the extension. We're talking about the people around them. We're talking about the others. We're talking about the ones who, who even mock what we're doing, um, you know, or, or jest because they're, they're insecure. Um, and they don't understand, um, we're not talking about the people who have issues and problems, but they're pressing in. We've got some amazing people um, who are just growing like crazy. And I mean, this is what makes me get up every day. I'm so excited because that's God's kiddos and they're leading the pack, but it's the, it's the surrounding world that they're in that keeps pushing back on them and it's hard. And uh, you know, we want to stand with them. So so you know it's a labor of love, but you know I want to I want to keep going here. But let's think about the thing that that gives birth here. It's that near death experience. Consider the near death experience of Psalm twenty three, and and I'm gonna I'm just gonna quote 
verse 4. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Or, you know, Old English, for thou art with me, that rod and staff comfort me. I love this uh, because what we're seeing is God's talking about the shadow of death. I mean, it's David, but he's, he's, this is the shadow. It's not tangible. What does the enemy do? He blocks light. What is your job to bring light? So when I picture David or myself or anybody walking through that valley, you know, it, our job is not to, to bow down and weep any more than the fullback on the field. Our job is to stand up and take the valley for Jesus. Now, you got to get hold of that, no matter what your circumstances. This is how you remove the power they have over your life, and you restore the value that God put in you, who put you here now. That's why you're here. That's your value. That's the thing that will make your soul sing and will get you up every day, no matter what it looks like around us. It doesn't mean that the darkness we see is permanent. It's not. Um, we see the charade going on. It's theatrics. Hmm. It's bizarre. But God's at work. Good things are happening. It's slow because it's profound. It has to be deep. But it feels like a near-death experience. So think about that. It is the shadow of death. It is not death. So get up and go. And you don't have to have the whole thing figured out. When, when I teach people to dream and, and the rust comes off, I'm not saying you have to know the Rembrandt all the, automatically. Just get in there and finger paint. Exercise the muscle. And all of a sudden, you start, you start to dream again. People have forgotten how to do that. This whole generation is waiting on a text. Mm. They're waiting on head knowledge. And it's full. Mm. The stuff's done. Yeah. Social media, it's... It's almost worthless. We can't take any more of it. We have to be led by the Spirit of God through our heart and the gifts we have and break this crap off of us. Mm. Right? So that's what we're after, but, but that requires daily, joyful doses. You have to practice this. So that, that's the idea. A near-death experience is something to be excited about, knowing that it is a near-death experience. It's the shadow of death. Not the, not, it's not the valley of death. Read Psalm 23 and think that through. Let it sink in. It simplifies everything. Um, so, but anyway, the, the enemy's job is, is to, uh, you know, to, to push us back into that. And it, we have to learn to turn away from him, you know, and, and not listen to that. What does that mean? It means you can acknowledge it with your eyes, but it means that you do not feel it. You don't let it in your heart. And the moment you do, the moment you begin to uh, have the conviction about that, which becomes condemnation. Condemnation should never enter your heart. God says you're not condemned. So even people that have failed or have committed a sin or, or, or messed up in some way, God doesn't want you to live there. It's a quick pivot. It's a turnaround. If you're going one direction, repentance is, is a quick move. It's not something you waller in. Mm. If you're going down the road one direction and you forget your keys, you got to go back or you, or you need to go back to, to where you were. How many, if you turn around in the road, you don't keep turning circles and wallering it. That's condemnation <coughs> versus conviction. Yeah. What people need to understand is it's a pivot. It's a quick move. Don't waller in that. If you fail, get up and get on with it because you have purpose. That's the thing people need. Yeah, well, 
to that to that end, you know, the the word says that there is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. It's, but it's interesting that the church, as an institution, has lived off of condemnation for generations. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's right. it's popularized in media. It's how people talk about the church, and it's kind of this joke that you know <clears throat> that's what the church is about. I'm going to condemn you. You're living in sin, and you've got to turn. And so we've painted this entire picture so that all we know is condemnation. You know, that's that's what we know. It's how we relate to faith. And so why would anybody want to step into their faith if they think it's this condemning, wallow around in your sorrow, wait for heaven thing? And people don't even know. They have no idea because the 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 God that we've been taught and the God that's been paraded around on the front page is not the God of you know, the Bible in, in large part, there's so many stuff that's been added in and it's become a cartoon. Well, listen, celebrity, uh, fame, wanting to be adored, worshiping people, putting people on pedestals. It's, it's over. It's just over. What we need is to tap into people's gifts and their anointing and go do it together. And if you have a burning in you and, and a gift, that means God is speaking to you. You don't have to understand it all. You just have to know the right direction. You have to be led by the Spirit. That thing where we have put people and institutions above a relationship with God, and I mean seriously, you know, we kind of blow it off and dismiss it, but it's it's very real. It's terrible. And God's saying enough already. Here's your experience. Here's your haunted house. Here's your near-death experience. He's trying to wake us up. You know, Holly and I watched The Matrix the other day for the first time in probably 20 years, and mm. it's, it was so good. It's so much more meaningful now. But it's, 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 it's such a, an important uh, idea. But we have to break through. We have to fight. You know, as I mentioned in Esther, uh, the Israelites still had to fight. God already gave them victory. Uh, you know, Moses and company still had to fight battles. Um, so we have a job here. So you don't need to get overwhelmed. You need, need to move forward, taking small steps. It might be calling somebody and encouraging them. If you're great at doing that, if you're not, then, you know, make a cutting board. Whatever you love to do, start doing it for somebody else. And it, there's nothing like it. And God will keep showing you. He'll keep developing that muscle. He'll show you more. Um, but unless you learn how to live this way, then you're always going to be reliant upon your income or some toxic boss you have or some environment where you're leading a bunch of people and you feel guilt and you have to stay the course. You can't simplify your life because you, you feel like you're obligated to everyone. These things are not healthy and if you want to kill yourself quick, that's the best way to do it. Stay in the toxic place of logic and uh, just front and back survival. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. It's time to breathe and dream and trust God's word. Take him at his word. Now, let go of how and how long, and you're free. And you're free from fear. Um, there's a lot to it. It needs to be coached. It needs to be walked out with people. That's what we see in the Bible. It's not about building some coaching thing. I don't care what you call me. I just want to walk with people. If it takes years or weeks or months, then do it. That's it. But you, you can't isolate and do this. 
So you have to uh, step into it and, and be around people that lift you up, that speak truth into your life. And um, they have no agenda except knowing you're God's kiddo, and they're all in because they want to honor him and honor his creation. That's where we stand. Um, but, but, but to get there isn't some overwhelming thing. Just start small, one thing. Study your Bible. Quit, you know, belly aching about it. it's too hard to understand or you won't get up in time. You know, listen to it. it, it this stuff's simple. But right now, more than ever, it's necessary. You can't, you can't keep going and saying the same old things. Um, you can, and that's your choice, and that's fine. We'll still hug you. But we got stuff to do, so we get on with it. But uh, encouragement restores hope. Hope restores joy. The enemy is trying to turn what God makes as conviction into condemnation. Uh, so when we begin to feel condemned, we need to uh, repent of that. And what repentance is, is a turnaround. When you go around in those things, in the, you know, those little turnabouts in the road, you don't keep circling it. <laughs> Unless you're in Scotland like we were, and we got so lost and we're going, you know, just around and around and around. <laughs> but but you don't you don't do that um, if if you're trying to be productive. You you want to get on with the direction. If you have to change direction, you have to turn around. That takes a minute, but it only takes a minute. It doesn't take your whole day. You get home. You go home. Your prodigal condition. You come home to a father who's waiting for you. Okay, that's where people need to go. So. You know, the near-death experience idea to me is, is so important because that's what the world is going through, but there's a reason behind it. It's not just doom and gloom. It's not rapture. It's not all that stuff. It is God is waking people up. It's a harvest. It's an awakening. So when, you know, I'm thinking about the passage of Scripture where Jesus said, it said, he looked upon the crowds and he had compassion because they were like sheep without a shepherd. Yeah. And, and I see, that's, that's how I feel like I see the world right now. Call that what you will. That's how I feel like I see it. And so your answer to that feeling is to encourage people to take the next step. Yeah, I mean, look, we can, we can debate it all day long with people. What about waiting? You know, all that. It's, you have to, it's like... You have to understand your relationship with God. It has to become intimate. And that doesn't happen without stepping into it. And mm-hmm. we have a process for it. Things need process. Um, but you have, to, you have to take this seriously. It's the greatest investment of your life. It's, if you don't believe, then that's fine. If you do, it's time to get on with it. But it, it takes a lot of maturity to help people through that process. Um, so, you know, I, I think the biggest thing is, is we have to build our expectations. So our biggest job is to expect God's goodness to live from that place and be patient with others as they grow from that example. We have to set the example. Well, it's not a good example if you spend all your time circling the block mm. or being condemned when God hasn't condemned you and calling it conviction. Conviction means getting up like a child and being excited. You see yourself as a child. You dream. That's how God sees you. He doesn't condemn you. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you fail, you fail. Get up. The enemy wants to keep you down. 
So there's a lot to it, but uh, yeah, it's very simple, but it takes, it's like planting seeds. It's agriculture. It isn't fishing. It, it takes time. You have to nourish, nourish the, the growth, but you keep planting seeds and then harvest happens. Fruit is born, um, you know, whatever metaphor you want to plug in, but, but we want to bring joy into people's lives by bringing something truthful and uh, real and walking with them the way other people will not. Mm. So, so it's not a business. You don't mail it in, and hopefully there's some weird agenda there that you can figure it out before you pay. Mm. No, you got X amount of days here on earth. It, let's get on with it, mm-hmm. and we're in to do that. So, so all that said, uh, you know, it, it, right now people are waking up. I just I think the message for me today is uh, there's a lot of stuff all over the place, but. Um, you can endure uh, the moments um, when you understand that God has put you here in this moment to do something on his behalf to help other people, and it will make your heart and your soul satisfied. That's fruit, sustained fruit. The context is not as important as why you're here, but also know that the context you're seeing around us where people are afraid, you know, they're going to make you be vaccinated to travel and all that, there is a moment of near-death experience where you have to face this and see what it would be like without God. Hmm. And that is important. And we have to come to that until we say, Lord, give me you and only you and your people and let's go get it done together. That's what changes culture, geography, cities, everything. Mm. Good stuff, brother. Um, Kev, thanks so much. Friends, thanks so much for tuning in this week's show. Don't forget to catch it on our podcast, Wake Up Our Faith, everywhere the podcasts are. We've got all the replays there. Uh, We are here. If you need anything, reach out, uprint.life. We'll be back next week for Wake Up Our Faith. See you.